and welcome to Front Office Features. My name is Rob Crane, here as always with Chris Valente. Chris, hola. Uh, buenos noches, amigos. Ah, uh, I don't know anything after that. <laughs> well, um, we, we should probably stop there then, before we, get, <laughs> before, we, before we get us in trouble. No, I I wish, like I took Spanish, everyone took Spanish. Um, I don't remember anything. My wife is the worst at this. She was a Spanish minor. Oh, great. Teach me some Spanish. I don't remember shit she says. Really? I don't know anything. Yeah, she's a Spanish minor. It's a bunch of garbage. Quinnipiac I... University, <laughs> Spanish minors. Terrible. <laughs> uh, I, could, I, I, am, I have the ability to understand it if I'm around it for long enough, and I can speak you, enough wait, of wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. You can understand, like... What do you mean? Tell, tell me about what this means. Like if I was around, if I went to like a Spanish speaking country for a couple of days, I'd be able to get by, by like understanding what they were saying. And I could speak it enough where I would be more than okay to survive or get what I needed. How did you get to this point? Uh, I also took, I didn't minor in Spanish. I took Spanish, uh, but then I also worked in uh, my younger days as a landscaper and I was the foreman, and I had to learn to communicate with my coworkers slash colleagues. Um, and pretty much, I was—I would never say I'm like I can't write it, and I probably can't read it, but I know enough words to be able to get by, not well, so fluently. But you have been engulfed in the language a couple of times. I mean, 20-something years ago, but I still, like, it's still, like, there's something in my mind that triggers with Spanish that I could get by enough to get, like, to a good place with someone in a conversation. I couldn't, it I, doesn't matter. I could not understand one word that they were saying. Like, I would screw up the phonetics and, like, it maybe instead of being yo soy, it should be yo estoy, but I would be able to get my point across They would enough. still understand that. Correct. And I could understand that if they don't speak like super fast, I would be able to probably like, like when I went to the Dominican by like day three or four, like I was, I feel like having coherent, fluent conversations. So Amy and I are thinking, not confirmed. We are thinking about going to Barcelona. Did I tell you this? No, not for, at all. It's our uh, 15th wedding anniversary in June. And we're thinking, fingers crossed, we can make it happen about going to Barcelona in, like, August. And I was like, can we talk? And they're like, ah, everyone speaks English. You'll you'll figure it out. I want to see if I'll learn any sp Spanish or her Spanish minor might come back. But um, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes and if I'm, you know, fluent uh, more than uh, Ola. You can just FaceTime me and I'll translate for you. <laughs> just just call, put me on the phone and I'll that have might the conversation. Have to do Talk to this guy. He knows what the hell he's talking about. Talk Necesito a baño. Necesito a baño. <laughs> Rob yeah. needs to pee. <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Where's the bar? <laughs> Ir a la playa. Ir a la playa. I have to go to the beach. Um, so yeah, yeah, Barcelona's a beautiful beach. Beautiful. I, I've never been you to ever Spain. You've been to Barcelona? Or? Never been to Spain. Uh, I've heard the food is awesome. You gonna go run with the bulls? Probably not. Pro <laughs> probably not. Very simple. Probably not. Nope. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, I probably. Uh, I think if we did go, you know, we do ton of sightseeing. I would eat a lot. I would drink a lot, and I think I'd want to get on a train to go to like Spanish wine country. Oh yeah. Right. When you're, oh yeah. Right, when you're there, uh, there's a beach there. Right. You're right on the sea. Um, and then see what it is. I've never been to Europe. 
I've never have been. To I love Europe. Europe. I've been to Europe. I love Europe. Um, I've heard Spain's great, Madrid and Barcelona. So Madrid is a gigantic city. Uh, yeah, I've never been. Uh, they don't really have a big soccer team there, and both actually FC Barcelona FC and Real Barcelona Madrid. Shoots. But that would be fun. So it's yeah. So it's your fifteen. It's my ten. Um, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go to Barcelona? We uh, we can we go in August? Together? We've been trying to figure that out. We are going to Disney World in eight days. <laughs> Very nice. That's different. Not which is not age. for the ten year anniversary whatsoever. Um, but that is gonna be our first actually like legit family vacation because Emma was born uh, at one years old. The pandemic hit. We didn't get to go on like a legit family trip because you couldn't. And this is now our first like long. She has she, Emma's never been on a plane. Zach's been on a plane a couple times. Emma's never been on a plane. Oh, so she'll have a great time. Disney World next next so opening day next Thursday week from today and then Disney World two days after that. So busy week in the Valente household. Plus blowing it, knocking down walls, redoing kitchens, living yeah. rooms, dining rooms. Basements. Nothing going on. Basements flooding. Basements. Oh, let's talk about that. The the week of hell. Of, <laughs> so this is so I um so Saturday morning I've got the kids. And Rachel was out doing some errands, and I was like, "All right, let's go downstairs. I'm gonna go on the Peloton." I know I was just telling you I wasn't, I haven't worked out a lot lately, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, "All right, I need to get on the Peloton," and I'm, I'm working out, and it's just like, "Oh no, I, I, I've got nothing." Like, do I have COVID? I was just in Florida for Partners Weekend. It, the days matched up. It was like six days ago. I was like, "Oh shit, I've got COVID." Couldn't like barely move on the bike. So I'm like, okay, the, the thing ends. I do a terrible number, barely, I call it barely worked out. About one o'clock, I like have the chills. I'm like shivering on the couch. And, and Rachel's like, you're annoying. Like, <laughs> you're you're just, annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like you need to go away. Like either you're sick or you're not. You're, you're man cold, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I really don't feel good. Like I'm telling you, like I, I, I just can't get like, Then all of a sudden I have a fever. So I lock myself away. Porch, um, for the next, porch, porch. Really no, I went to our bedroom. I went to our bedroom um, and just like locked the door and hid in there. And I, my, like, I ended up with a stomach bug. Oh, and yeah, during night fevers. Then I was sweating. Then I was cold. About Tuesday rolls around. I'm still sick. I'm still sick from Saturday. Like I just haven't gotten better. Uh, th- that night, Emma pukes in her bed oh the worst just like we're like oh well stomach bug got to her she throws up a couple times kids puking in the bed fine when a kid pukes in the car seat the kid puking in the car seat is the worst is the worst place to puke it's so bad there's so many crevices you You didn't know existed in a car you can't throw it it out i I like to just like (laughs) throw the car seat away and just like start over again (laughs) because it's impossible task it's impossible your car can't get it all out for yep. weeks, it's the worst. Oh, it's terrible. For those of you who don't have kids, Ugh. this is the beauty of children. So she pukes in the bed. We changed the bed. She's like, oh, I think I feel better. Rachel is sleeping downstairs because she's not sleeping in the bed with me because she didn't want to get what I have. So I'm like, okay, we're going to leave both our doors open. My Rachel, uh, Emma's door, my door. A couple hours go by. Next thing I hear is, Bleh! right back in the She's puking in the bed again after we had just changed the sheets. Ugh. So she's still throwing up. Clean that all up good to whatever and about one o'clock in the morning i hear like sprinting to the bathroom 
Rachel's throwing up. Oh, I'm my like, goodness. So what the hell is this, going on in the Valenti household? The, the freaking stomach bug has taken stranglehold of our household, except for Zach. Zach never got Zach's it. Zach's Superman. I'm pretty he sure is, Zach he, is Superman. Yeah. <laughs> He's like looking at us like, what's wrong with you fools? What are you guys uh, going? You guys are a bunch of weaklings. Mindly, he probably got it from him. He probably brought it home from school. So everybody's just nah, a don't disaster. blame Zach for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm blaming Zach. He's got to take some of the blame. <laughs> you got to take some of the blame. I don't blame Zach. So that's but all Zach happening. and I are boys. You are boys. You are you are boys. He, You've got his back. He appreciates that. Yeah, Zach and I are boys. So that's all going down. So now Rachel's puking. Emma's puking. Rachel's like, okay, maybe now she believes me that like, I felt like crap because she's now like, oh, my God, this is yeah, terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I get man sick bad, by the way. And we all do. Like, let's <laughs> let's be let's be honest. So then the nor'easter's hitting. It's pouring. Pouring rain, like pouring rain. We have two inches of rain. Then it turns to snow. Then it turns back to rain. Not a good situation. Like I hear, I go down into my basement. I hear like a river oh. flowing into my sump pump hole. I'm like, this isn't good. Not a good sign. Of what's to come? Go back a couple hours later. My basement's flooded. Like. Stepping in waters and puddles. Water's coming in through the side, through the seams, up through the floor. I have a finished basement. I'm like, oh, geez. I'm now. I'm still sick. I'm like shop vacuuming water out all hours on all hours of the night, just trying to keep it as, as less flooded as possible. Emma's puking. Rachel's puking. I'm sick. Basement's flooded. Zach's having a grand old time. <laughs> Zach's just like, this is, what the hell's so, going yeah. on? Lovely, lovely week of hell. Uh, I didn't recover. I got started getting sick on Saturday. I wasn't good to go until Thursday. That's insane. That's a big... And, yeah, usually, like, and, stomach bugs are, like, 24, 48 hours. And nope. then you're, like, back. Like, a little cup of soup, and you're good to go. Nope, nope, no, no. I couldn't put anything in my body. And then Rachel was sick from, like, Tuesday to Sunday. Um Luckily, Emma was quicker, but yeah. And then, like, I saw an article the other day. Like, the like, their scientists are worried about this bug. Apparently, other people in my office got it. Like, it's it's going around. So, um, hopefully, you don't get it because it's not it's not fun. I'm gonna do my best, but uh, I literally ride the orange line three days a week, and that's probably the little cesspool of uh, of Boston on there. No, no, no. Stomach bug could not exist on the orange line. <laughs> There's way worse problems on the orange line. <laughs> That's, like the last, the ninth, least of, that's the 98th worst thing that happened. Least of your show. problems. Least of your problems. Um, on the opposite end of that, can I say something that has, uh, I'm going to say it, I'm not going to ask for permission. Uh, baseball's had uh, struggles, I'll say, recently in relevancy and like you know making sure that they're number one and all that stuff. Baseball had a moment this week. I just wrote down what you, I just wrote down World Baseball Classic. I know what you're gonna. That's so funny. I was going to talk about that. I, I, it's been on my mind a lot. They had a moment. The World Baseball Classic was an utter success. Uh, it was uh, high on the old you know Twitter feed, and it was insanely good. And then having Shohei Otani strike out, or having Mike Trout in the finals on the bottom of the ninth. Two outs, 3-2 count, and Shohei Otani comes in and throws like 100, 101, 102, and then a slider that I don't understand how it moved like that, so <laughs> at going 95 miles an hour, to strike out Mike Trout to end the um, Baseball World Classic in epic fashion was insane. 
And I just want to give kudos to baseball. Baseball has had a moment. I am hopeful that they can capitalize on this. Um, and, you know, think about it. Last one year ago, you know, was it strike or lockout, whatever the hell that it was? Lockout, yeah. Lockout. Um, working on, you know, a work stoppage. And now baseball in the limelight of limelights, and they did great numbers on TV. The pitch clock is getting rave reviews for the most part. It's like baseball's in a thing right now. Like they're they got, you know, they got their groove back a little bit. So the USA Japan game was the most watched baseball game in history. Around the world. Around the world, yes. Japan just So ninety eight percent of all televisions in Japan were tuned into the final out of Otani versus Trout. Ninety eight percent of all ninety eight percent of the whole entire country was watching that final at bat. It was like ten in the morning there. That's insane. What a insane. Number. What an insane number. We don't do that for the Super Bowl here. No, of course not. This was the World Baseball Classic. And in March. It it's a thing. Like honestly, the games were electric. The the players to to every single player all said people who have won World Series, been in major they said it was the best baseball experience of their lives and That's can't wait to do it again. It's incredible. Like Marlins Park, Lone Depot Park, whatever it's called, uh, was you know as loud. It's not going to be like that for Marlins games, but it was <laughs> wild, right? Like uh, then the Cuban American game, uh, Cuba USA game, was just uh, kind of nuts. So I just wanted to give my flowers before we got going on anything else. I just I want to talk to, like the World Baseball Classic was great. And so let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about this. Cause, oh, Springfield College, great. Uh, I got to talk. Give my little shout out to Springfield College. Go, no, go, go, go for it. Uh, Springfield College, we had a pitcher from like a couple years ago play for Team Israel. Oh, so he played on the team, and then one of the managers um, was a guy who toured me around. One of the best networkers of uh, of all time. Uh, was a manager on uh, the Israeli team uh, as well. So Springfield College dominating the World Baseball Classic. I I have nothing to say other than con- con- congrats. <laughs> <laughs> World Baseball Classic was a big deal. So anyway, no, it, it is. No, so did you see Ken Griffey Jr. take batting practice? No, I did not. Ah, oh, Ken Griffey Jr. has got to be what fifty. Um. Yeah, game. close. He's probably close. His, probably he's probably fifty. Yeah, he's probably fifty. In his fifty, his swing. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so pretty. Is the most gorgeous swing at age fifty. He was the hitting coach for Team USA, and he was in the cage taking hacks, and it is as pretty today as it was thirty years ago. I mean, Andy Pettit was the pitching coach. Yeah. DeRosa was the 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 coach, the and Griffey Griffey was the um the hitting coach. I mean. I mean, that's also a sign we're getting old when all the guys we grew up oh, watching God, are, are now the, are now the old coaches. But uh, so, do you think they should do this more than every four years? Yes. Yeah. It should be like the golf guy, right? They should. This should be like the Ryder Cup every two years. Yeah, and but like now that baseball clearly has expanded globally, 
because there was enough teams that were competitive to a point. Like Great Britain won a game, right? Like England won a game. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I'm talking about some folks the other day. How do we do a real world series? Like, how do we get almost like a UEFA style baseball thing going where the top teams in MLB then play the Japanese teams or and other and other teams from other leagues around the world this is after it. the season. This is it. Yeah, but no, that's a country. But like, how do you take, I'm, I'm like, say that the Dodgers win the World Series, right? Do they then play the Tokyo Japanese team? Yeah, but if, you, if uh, Anaheim, right? Anaheim, great example. If Anaheim were to win the World Series, right? You have the best Japanese player playing in Major League Baseball, right? Like you have the best Dominican players playing in uh, Major League Baseball. You have the best yeah, but I bet you a Japanese team could beat a beat an MLB team. I think a Japanese team could legit beat an MLB team. I think so too, right? Like you get a lot of like I call them the quad A guys that play overseas. But look, look at the the Jap the Japanese national team only had Otani, Yoshida, and Darvish that are in the major leagues, right? And Yoshida hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah, right. So. That their their country beat our country. Granted, they have Otani, but they yeah, they're this guy that throws 102 miles. The 19 year old that's throwing 102, and the 23 year old with 56 on. I, I feel like it would be a good game. Yeah, I, I or a good I, series. But I think that they got it. The World Baseball Classic has it. The would you see the USA had like if you were to add up all their payroll, it was like a billion oh, was, seven. Oh. Yeah, it was it was insane. And, and Aaron Judge isn't even on the team because like the Yankees didn't let those guys play. But so, but how did it, I think every four years is too is too long? I agree because like Mike Mike Trout four years from now is not Mike Trout probably anymore, right? So like, you no, want but, these like, guys to get on that stage? Years? Yeah, like I and I they got to figure out the pitching too because. People who are I, and look, there was people who were upset that Edwin Diaz got hurt because they're like, "Oh, it's a meaningless game." I'm like, "Yeah, but but not to Edwin." No, not to any of them. Like they all prove that, right? Like they've all said they want to play again. It's a and freak they, injury, right? Like it wasn't got her celebrating. Yeah, it's, it's a freaking. It's not like I don't. No, know. And also, like I, I don't know. Like if you played after the season, he tore his ACL. He's got for the next year anyway. Anyway, so like, what's the difference? Yeah, I, I agree. You see I also Con- don't. You can't play after the season because you can't play the, after the season. No one. The wants guys to are play dead. After the no, season. they're they're dead. They're dead. They need a break. They've been gone there from February to you know almost November. Yeah, right? no, it's, that's World Series after, post post post. No, no, no yeah, it's November. So you're gonna now. play November and just so you're gonna play this thing in November? No, it doesn't work. This is right? the only time you can play it. It's the only time you can play it, and it's a great time to play it. Um, and it's a wonder, it seems like a wonderful event. It'd be kind of fun to go to a game. Um, but like, yeah, I, the world baseball classic, fantastic, classic, fantastic. Did you see the, the, the 19, what would have been the world baseball, the USA team in 1998 had we had it then? (laughs) It was wild. It was, um, Jeter at second, A-Rod at short, Chipper Jones at third, McGuire DH, Barry Bonds, Griffey, um, Jason <laughs> like an Kendall, all-time team. And then it was the pitching was like Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson. Um, it was like ridiculous. It was like Jason Kendall was the catcher. Yeah, no batting Piaz- gloves. Jason Kendall. They had Piazza on uh, Team Italy. Jason Kendall, no batting gloves. Ton of ton of uh, pine tar. Oh yeah, H- yeah, big huge and then pine tar guy. 
and pa- no bad. Posada too. Posada. Imagine was... shaking his hand. No, no. He's just like much. it was just like you would just stick to each other. Yeah, no. Catchers, catchers are like goalies. They're they're off. They're a little off. Yeah, they're all kind of a little. Little off. Uh, yeah, they're they're a mess. But anyway. But no, baseball huge. I mean, have you watched the spring training game by the way with the pitch clock? I have. I have not. Here's why: YouTube TV hates baseball, which is hilarious because they're the official sponsor of the World Series. <laughs> but they don't carry MLB Network anymore, and they don't carry. Uh, Makes no sense. Nesson. Nope, they do not. Right. So, like, I. I it I, is so the World Baseball Classic obviously didn't have any of the rule changes. The game is so fast. Like it is, it, it'll be when you watch. Like if you watch opening day or however, however you find a way to watch these games, it is jarring how quick. Like there is no reads in between. You know, like when there's in between pitches, are like showing the crowd. Yeah, you can't, you can't do it. It's like go, 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 go. Like it's, it's. They almost might have to fix it a little bit because you, you blink and you miss something now. Like where baseball, you could like kind of like put it on the background. The most games are like two hours and twenty minutes. The the Mets Braves game today was two hours and eight minutes. Do you think it changes in the uh, regular season? Right now, it can't. There's not. Then they're talking about. They are having conversations about changing the rules a little bit because they think it's a little too stringent and restrictive. Because like they're being they're being hard right now on like this called strike or called ball if you violate the rule, because you have to be facing the pitcher in the batter's box. With eight seconds on the clock, and this is all minor league stuff that they just never enforced. I mean, we had a pitch clock for the last seven years, I think, at least. Oh, they're enforcing it. It's being all enforced in spring training, and the game is flying. Good. I mean, in my opinion, it needed it, right? No, it does. And, but also, not it just needs to fly, and then have more strikeouts. It needs to fly and have more balls in play. So, the thing that I'm most excited about is getting rid of the shift. Yeah, so that's the other thing. There's been when I'm watching, there's balls hit up the middle that were 100 percent and out before or now are base hits. Like remember you were taught your whole life to hit the ball back up the hit middle? The, yeah. Hit the, yeah. There's hit always it. a shortstop standing there now. So if yeah, you're a lefty, right. you could never get a hit. These guys are hitting ground balls up the middle and they're getting base hits. Yeah. Or they're hitting a line drive, a soft line drive into right field and it's falling because the second baseman's not standing in right field. So yeah, like right. No, I, I, it's the bases are bigger, so if the stolen bases are up, there's more hits, there's a better batting average in play. The only thing they didn't do, which they might have to figure out, because I've already seen us do it, the Red Sox. We've put all three outfielders on the right side. Really? Yep. We've moved the left fielder essentially to play that short right field position on a shift to a guy that's like a pull, a dead pull hitter. And I'm like, that kind of defeats the purpose of not having the other show. Yeah, but then they, but isn't the rule that the infielders need to have their two feet in the in the dirt? So the infielders, yes, but you're just now putting, say, you're putting your left fielder where that right fielder would have been. Yeah, maybe the hitters will make the adjustment and be like, if I but hit they never it, did. That's the other thing we I've talked about. The hitters never ever like when the the whole entire team was on the right side of the diamond. If I was a lefty, yeah, but why most didn't you... of the time the outfielders weren't though. No, but there was always you could have just bunted down the third baseline and got a base hit. Yeah, but no one wants to bunt. But I know that's hit, the... hit hit uh, opposite field. Yeah, I mean, like think about it. Like David Ortiz in his prime, but they had to shift on the infield. But David Ortiz made a living off hitting it off the Green Monster. Yeah, yeah. 
But he also lost a lot of hits when he pulled it to to right field because the second baseman was standing out there. True, he he rolled over a lot of ground balls too. But even like hard hit balls, he would be screwed because the right field, the second baseman is playing right field. So like, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad the shift is gone. Of of all the changes, I'm actually most excited about that because more balls in play means more base hits. Yeah, right. I agree. And there's too many home run strikeouts. Too much home run strikeout. Yeah, right. And uh, uh, more ball, more more plays like that, the better. The more triples, the better. I love a triple. Who doesn't love a good triple? Well, I think I told you that the, when Theo was doing all that Meyer League data, the the two most exciting plays, according to a fan, is a triple and a stolen base. Yeah, they're fantastic plays. And they never happen in baseball anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they like, literally little, never happen. What, what do they had? Mostly they had walks and pitching changes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, strikeout, home run. Yeah. So... Baseball opening day, if you have a chance, if you haven't seen the spring training, you're in for a much different product come opening day. Yeah, right. I think uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to being a fan of baseball. Good. I have welcome, not, we'll welcome I feel, you back. I have not been a fan, a good fan of baseball in a long time. Yoshi, baby. Yoshi. It's all about Yoshi. Yoshida. <laughs> Our new, our new. If I want to have a Nintendo night and have Yoshi. Everyone, <laughs> everyone gets a free Yoshi doll for Yoshi night. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to like, uh, to be a baseball fan again. I just, I haven't. Um, you get, well, I don't know. Uh, so I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to what that actually looks like again. Well, you've also, you also worked in the sport for so long that we know that hurts your fandom. It just totally, does. totally. So I'm, I've. Like the last thing you wanted to do after working a baseball game in the minor leagues is go home and watch another baseball game. And no, and you're like you don't uh, like I don't know, just don't, you lose your fanhood, you lose your fanhood. Um, so anyway, yeah, baseball had its moment, and I need to carry it into the beginning part of the season, which is always really hard because besides Boston and New York and Philly and Chicago Dodgers, yeah, the Cubs, not the White Sox. Um, like it's really hard to fill ballparks when it's April and you're in Cincinnati. Very hard, especially when your payroll is twenty five million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's players who make more than your whole entire team, but, right? Um, no, it's gonna be an interesting couple of years for baseball. I can't wait to see what happens in Oakland. You mean with them going to potentially Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean it's it's gotta happen gotta happen it's gotta happen like they they can't survive there is what they're doing i mean i'm not i'm, I'm done talking about it so yeah don't, don't get, get in trouble i um uh, but I, i'm not i don't i literally don't know anything of it but I, like just from an outside perspective if i was looking from as a fan like you were just a nor like a common sense rational person you can't have two thousand people at your major league baseball games and survive no of course not that, um, so I'm interested in uh, seeing how that all plays out when it works out. Um, I'm also s- interested from – there's good friends of mine who work for the Las Vegas AAA team and then how that all works out and plays out. Like uh, there used to be you – know, I used to know the rules better than I did now since Major League Baseball took over minor league baseball and like what happens when a big league team comes into a minor league market. Um, so I'll be – you know, we'll, we're all. In, I'm. I am definitely interested in how that all plays out. Um, actually, speaking of that, MLB looks to stream all minor leagues for free. 
Yeah, the Bally stuff's crazy too because it's all going through like the app. I saw that today too. Yeah. The you, thing about here's the here's my issue with streaming minor league baseball games. It or minor league baseball games on TV. When you go, I don't care if you're the Oakland A's and you're in last place, your games still matter, right? Wins, losses matter. Yes. People at the Red Sox are living and dying on whether you win or you lose. Minor League Baseball has the problem that none of their games matter, right? None of their games matter. So it creates, unless you create some sort of fun, engaging product, um, television product, right? Then, like, it's pointless. Because they get, like, it's, no one's going to watch it because it doesn't, unless they're diehard baseball junkies that got to yeah, watch you have it. To be, you have to be into the prospects big time, right? Yeah, and like, even that's hard, right? Like, it's just it's it's not a compelling. My opinion, minor league baseball on TV is not a compelling product. If you were to go put the Savannah Bananas on TV, compelling product, right? Their games don't matter either. Um, but like, that's compelling. You're not gonna, but you're not gonna do that. No, no, it's not enough. People would still watch for what you'd need to get from an revenue generating standpoint for the affiliate to carry it right so like i always hear these things of like you know minor league baseball oh we need to get our games streamed on tv so that people can see them right like okay i understand how many people are going to watch uh you know when we had who's watching you know who's watching is the parents of those players right and like we used to have our games on TV, Yes Network when I was in Scranton and Nesson when we were in Pawtucket and Worcester. And be like, they would do such a low number that it wouldn't even like register. <laughs> right? Like, it just like, like nobody watched it. You know, it's like, oh, people, it's like, yeah, oh, no. yeah, maybe it was like, I don't know. It was nice to see, like, oh, look, we are on Nesson. But it was such a self fulfilling thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah but did yeah. that drive anything business wise? Not really. No. No, no, probably not. Probably not. Spe- speaking of speaking of that, that's a good, good old segue since we're dusting off. Well, the Bruins won again. The Bruins is freaking everybody. Bruins Jesus. are the greatest hockey team of all time. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They just won again. Um, so that the the RSN stuff, we should talk about that. That ballot uh, stuff's crazy. Yeah, it's the Diamond Sports, whatever the hell they're called. This is gonna reshape, I think the. NBA, NHL, and MLB's media rights moving forward um, in the sense that it may be what finally gets them to consolidate the rights similar to what the NFL does, right? When you package up everything and you sell it then for a rights basis based on you get every team and rights to every market where that's how the NFL drives all of their revenue because of the power of one versus Obviously, a Boston or New York market is worth way more than a Kansas City or Milwaukee TV market, right? Right, right, right. So with this situation, this allows the teams now to assess, do we now bring it all in-house and go out to an Apple, an Amazon, et cetera, and package it up and say, we're going to sell you all of the rights to every game of Major League Baseball, NBA, or NHL. And... I've also heard like the teams, not the teams, the leagues, those three leagues have been like talking together because there's 
obviously the NBA and the NHL are affected because most of them are on the same RSNs, similar to baseball. There's a lot of crossover in similar markets. Do they get together and like try and use the power of three or two to drive exponential revenue? Because the rights to get those would be crazy, right? If you're like, if you were the exclusive home of every MLB, NHL, and an NBA game, what's that buy. worth? Yeah, like what's that As worth? As a consumer, you'd have to buy it. Right. So it's also wild, and I think you're right because it's also, in my opinion, wild in today's day and age. That like if I was in my rewind my life to when I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, I'm a Red Sox fan or a Celtics fan or a Bru- like a Steelers fan too. Like, why couldn't I get? I can't watch my favorite team because I live in Nebraska. Like that doesn't make sense now. Well, no, but you. But that's the other thing that doesn't make sense. You could digitally, so you could get MLB TV on online and watch the Red Sox if you're in Nebraska. You can't do it if you live in Massachusetts. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because you're blacked out in your own market because of the RSN deals, where they had the affiliate agreements with like the Comcast, the Verizon's, the Coxes of the world. Nesson now with Nesson 360, you can cut your cord and get Nesson. In New England. So like you, as you just mentioned, YouTube, you could actually get Nesson as a standalone product where you could never do that before. Right. That's, you, that's you available. That. Some, that is available. But somebody's going to say like, all right, like. That's brand new though. That's very brand new to like the market. And it's only us, yes, and I think maybe a couple others that might have it. But, but that financially doesn't make any sense because then you start like adding all these things up and it's like, well, why do I even – For the consumer, it? yes. The consumer now from a cutting the cord perspective is not winning anymore. No. To get totally what you not. need, you're now paying more than you would for cable, quite frankly. Yeah, right. And so from a consumer, you lose. So like that will change too because then like consumers will just either cut more or they'll make the decisions that the businesses then have to adjust by. But, like, think of the EPL. The EPL is, like, a good example of similar to the NFL. The EPL packages up their whole entire league rights versus, like, Liverpool having a TV deal and, man, you having a TV deal. Like, they do with the collectiveness of one and sell the rights globally for X amount of dollars. I feel like now with what's happening with all these RSNs, you can you could figure that out by the leagues to go do that. The only thing you'd have to, like... Honestly, like we would have to be figured out because our RSN didn't go out of business and we our RSN's worth a lot of money. So like how do you make us and like the Yankees whole? Yeah, right. Like so that would all have to come out of like the maybe the payment for each team would get X amount based on doing the league's rights deals. But um it sounded like because Bally's it's at like Diamond Sports, whatever the hell they're called, was trying to get the leagues to buy it and then and then I think the leagues was just like, you're going bankrupt. We'll just let you bleed out and we'll get you for like nothing, right? So like, why am I going to get, why am I going to buy it? We're just going to take our rights back and like, just go do it. So it's going to be an interesting, like probably next year of how this all shakes out. I'm um, dying. Uh, this is going to be gigantic. And I think, you know, in my world, the NBA, like a lot of their rights are coming up. So there's like a good chance it could change. I have no, literally, I'm not getting in trouble either. Like, I have zero to do and really know nothing, but I just know, like, you know, the TNT stuff's coming up, right? Like, oh, yeah, no, the, the, the NBA, the NBA has a massive TV deal coming. And, 
a CBA coming of which then they said they would talk expansion. They won't do it until then because you know what the valuation of a club would be based on all those deals, right? So right. once they lock in their TV deal with whoever that ends up being, they then can tell the people who want to do the expansion <clears throat> um, that this is what it's going to cost to buy said team for said market. So that's all coming too. So, but like you guys are on NBC sports here in Boston, you're not affected by the diamond sports thing, but a lot of your other teams are. Oh, right? totally. so, yeah, it's a huge thing, but it, but it affects baseball more immediately because they went back, you know, they, uh, have they filed officially for bankruptcy? They did. So yeah, they did Just like yeah. a week or so ago. Um, but like baseball's coming up, right? Like, so opening days and everything. And, um, in a month, like, you know, NBA's, well, MLS, up, you know just, I mean? the MLS just did it, right? The MLS did it MLS with Apple. Just, yeah, we just did it with Apple, yep. So, and, they, and now Apple's reporting. Does Apple about, have an out? Do they, they don't get out? so many subscribers, I think they can opt out of that in a certain amount of time. So, it's, I guess, like, it's... Maybe, but, but it the MLS... The MLS was a 10-year, $2.5 billion deal, right, for the MLS. And no knock to knock the MLS, but, like, if you got 10 years, $2.5 billion for the MLS, what the hell would you get for every Major League Baseball game? Yeah, right. And there's a billion Major League Baseball games. Right. So, like... And they dominate... So, the thing about baseball, too, is you guys dominate... The, you don't really have a lot of competition. No competition. We have a monopoly on the summer. You have a monopoly on the summer, right? We're done. And when we are playing, October through you know, March, like the NHL is playing the exact same time. The NFL is playing at the, at at similar times too. Right. So, so the Amazon, the Amazon deal for Thursday night football was 11 billion for 11 years. So a billion dollars a year for one game a week. They they spent a billion dollars a year for one game a week. Insanity. So like, and now it says here, Apple is looking to bid potentially on the EPL. So the fact that the two biggest companies in like the world, Apple and Amazon, are all in on sports and sports streaming, like it's the it's only gonna, thing it, if it's Linear the only, TV is screwed. They can't they can't compete they with can't, those guys. Because linear TV basically has I don't know, like the voice, right? And you record the voice and you watch the voice the next day and you fast forward the, through the commercials. Right, but you can't do that with sports. But they don't have the cash to, to compete with like with these companies. If someone wants to some, if they want to overpay, just to get it, they can. Like but, they don't blink an eye. Like they're the biggest company in the world. So if Apple's like, yeah, we're just gonna take this because we love Ted Lasso. Now we want the EPL. Who's gonna stop them? Nobody. Nobody. So it's gonna be a fascinating. Like, it's only gonna exponentially help. I think valuations of clubs and teams and revenues like right now there's a little big gap because you're all these media right deals with the rsns locally for like specifically the baseball teams they're not going to get paid right for their media rights so that's a big hole in the revenue stream right now but i feel like in the long run it's going to end up paying off exponentially to get all your rights back yeah if you're if especially if you can package them and sell them as one or if look, they can, maybe you decide to make MLB TV the only way you distribute it, and you have to go through Major League Baseball, but you can get any game you want in any market. It's gonna, it could right? Like it's so weird how it's gonna, uh, how it could potentially work out. If you're a salesperson, like selling media rights could be kind of a fun thing to do. Oh, that's that's like, 
Oh, it's talk about. I'm not going to disparage those people, but talk about the easiest job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, our rights are available. You want to bid on it? Yeah, yes. yes, yes, we do. We do. <laughs> okay. Well, you can give us me. You can give me a billion dollars a year for one game. <laughs> Done. Sold. 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 <laughs> All right, what's the commission rate on a billion dollars a year? Oh, Jesus Lord. Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of ridiculous. But anyways, no, it'll be interesting to see how that all that all plays out cuz it's going to have a shakeup for our industry and revenue for sure. Yeah, right. Total. The media rights will change sports in the next 5 years. Yeah, it just it could, 3 years. It just might become the NFL model like they do when they they put it all together. I, it'll, it'll be very very interesting. Oh, you know, especially no. What's the matter? I was taking notes, and now they're gone. <laughs> um, I'll remember. Uh, no, we won't. Um, what was I going to say? Two, I was just say this. Um, shout out uh, Boston Celtics fans. Uh, TV numbers on the same thing. Through the roof this year. Wild. Oh, I mean, I, how could you not want to watch this team? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, switching subjects. Yes. You have been a teacher. One could call me that, yes. Like a professor. So, yes and no. Um, so, I was over at UMass Boston to work with the group of students. Like We've been getting more and more involved with UMass Boston because they're right around the corner. Uh, and UMass Boston launched a sports leadership program a couple years ago of which I have been very involved in. And I am I am working on building a syllabus right now to currently launch a, a syllabus. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to launch a FSM class at UMass Boston. Good uh, and which would be fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It's like, it's essentially to help prepare said students for, this would be a really, like we're going to really just segue the shit out of this right now. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a really good way to set them up for success and join the FSM associate program of which we would be able to teach them and tutor them and, and mentor them while in college to prepare them for the interview process. And then also, and then you get the best the of the best for, you know, FSM associates too. Exactly. So, um, I also talked to UMass Amherst this week too, which Your is always alma fun. mater, my alma mater. Um, and which is always fun. Uh, but, yeah, no, that, as you know, like this is what you and I love doing those things. Like, it's just, it's I get fun. sometimes I just, more joy. Fun. I get more joy sometimes of having those those conversations. The UMass Amherst kids, I will say, they came with some, like, I can't remember them right now, but good questions. Like, really <laughs> good. Were such good questions that I had no idea what they were. I can't remember five minutes ago, so like, I'm not going to pretend. Like, but I remember, like, being like, oh, like, that's a really thoughtful question. Um, good for you, UMass. Uh, so, yeah. But some of the better, it sounds stupid. What I'm about to say sounds really dumb. You say it anyway. I'm gonna. It hasn't stopped me for 180 <laughs> other episodes, right? Um, UMass has one of, is well known for its sport uh, management program. You so you get really good kids, and really good kids ask really good questions. So like when you go to talk to these top tier schools and having those kids ask questions, it's kind of refreshing. Yes, it is. It's like, okay, I have hope for the next wave of <laughs> I have hope for the future generations. So this is this is a good this is a good segue, um, as they call them. Do you ever ride a Segway? No, I've never rode a Segway. I rode a Segway when I was an intern for the Houston Texans. They used to have them so you can go back and forth. 
um, from uh, the practice facility to the locker room or the you know the main one, and uh, I wrecked it, and I thought I was going to be fired because <laughs> they're expensive, right? Yeah, at the time, 2004, like, <laughs> Segways were almost like a flying car. Yeah, they had right? just come like, out. They had just, just, like, come out. Yeah. So, anyway. Was it was it easy to drive? No, very hard. Or at least I was an idiot. Well, you clearly, you crashed it. So. I crashed, yeah. It wasn't very... I, I wrecked the thing, broke some of the stuff off, and I thought I was going to be, you know, heading, packing my bags back for Boston after that. Um, or deduct from your negative paycheck. No, I made more money as a Houston Texans intern than I did as a full-time employee in Battle, Battle Creek. Battle Creek. That's not shocking. Well, it's because of this. I got paid $5.15 an hour in Houston Texans for uh, being an intern. Five fifteen, <laughs> Right? <laughs> what does one do with $5.15? <laughs> Nothing. So, but the thing was... They paid for my uh, room and board. They basically, you were there all the time, so you paid for basically your all your food. And you worked, my first week, I think, was 100 hours, right? So, like, you got overtime on hour 51 to, you know, 100. So you were able. You were to, raking it in. Oh, you were making time and a half you on were five dollars. Time and a half. So you're making you know, seven fifty or whatever. <laughs> and I was, but you didn't have any expenses. I was more money in my bank account at that time after leaving Houston than than Battle Creek. And absolutely, Battle Creek, I made sixteen thousand dollars as a salary. <laughs> a couple hundred dollars a paycheck, right? Like <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh. Man, our industry is so messed up with that. Oh yes, stuff. that's that was true. That that is true. I was like, oh, that Texans thing was awesome. I made that's, it. Yeah. Well, I, at the <laughs> free time, free housing. It, it felt like a fortune. Yeah. Can I, like I stay the, like? A, can I just stay as an intern forever? I'll, I'll kind of what I was thinking. It was like <laughs> a, I stayed at the. Uh, uh, there's like a one of those Marriotts that's like a on a park like, like a res- like a in, like a residence in. in. Residence yeah. In. Oh, those yeah. are great. Yeah, right. Stayed there. Didn't really. Did you get the points at least? Did you, were you smart enough to get the points? Or did you forget I to wasn't do that? that smart. I didn't even know if they had points. Uh, Maybe not back. Oh, no. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm sure they did, but I definitely was not smart enough to rack up the points then. That would have been a nice amount of points. Would have been nice. But I did not. By the way, you're a professor. Professor. Um, trying. Trying. But so, actually, that's speaking of the FSM associate program. Yep. I want to talk about that. Okay. And specifically, this 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 is actually what this podcast is about. Uh, so, for those who don't know, the FSM Associate Program is a post grad uh, program where you come and work within the FSM organization in, in either a sales role, consulting, special events, uh, and then also now data analytics. And we have folks in the New York office and the Boston office. And you you you're a full time employee essentially. You're not an intern. You learn the ins and outs. You're on every call with the sales team. You're on doing the back end. You're you're coming up with the solutions for the for the proposals. Internally working to get what assets we need and securing those, and really like getting ingrained in the whole entire sales process. Right. You're prospecting the whole nine yards. So it's become an extremely competitive program. So this year we had 585 applicants. We hire five. Uh, people in the sales program. 
Um, so it's it's and it's essentially you're guaranteed a job after this program, whether with us or with uh, someone else, because everybody wants to get the folks who come through this program. So we've been doing the interviews for the last three weeks um, with the finalists to narrow it down to the five. And I just want to tell, like, for the folks out there that are listening and are looking for motivation or trying to figure out what to do and what not to do, there was a clear, clear delineation between the haves and the have-nots. Huh. And it wasn't close in the experience of some folks and what their story was and what they've done and how they were able to speak to sponsorship experience while in college because of stuff they did, internships they got, volunteerism, you name it, people who actually like worked in sponsorship who then when they were applying for a sponsorship sales associate role could say, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that, I closed this, I prospect this, this is how I did it, versus I think sponsorship could be cool. I would love to come and learn to see if I like it or not. Um, and FSM is a great place, it seems to like to work. Which one's getting the job? <laughs> I'll say the former is the uh is the is the right answer. So give me an example of like what did they do? Like how did they volunteer? What did they what were some of the things what were some good examples of what they did working in sponsorship? Uh, on campus, uh helping the athletic program secure sponsorship. That seems like an easy one. Very easy to just go do, right? You just you can just go go start helping to secure sponsorships. One person worked at Learfield, which was the, the like the um the group that's usually on campus for like yeah. where all these campuses they went and worked with Learfield as an intern on the sponsorship side, right? Like they weren't ticket sales. This was not ticket sales experience. This was sponsorship experience, whether it be a coordinator or a salesperson or an assistant. People with legitimate sponsorship experience while still in college. So one of the things, how did they articulate their why, right? Like, okay, I did that. I didn't, you know, obviously you have no idea if that's really something that you want to do, but like, I articulated that this is definitely something I want to go more, you know, this is something I want to do. Uh, this is something I want to do, period. How do they articulate their why into that uh, through their experiences in, say, a college or, you know, university setting? Uh, no, then that was the other separating fact was they had their why down pat. And because and, like, we've, I've been a big, we've been talking about this as an organization, right? The why should always be the North Star for everything you, you do whether it be in life, work, whatever. If you can answer the why, we can figure out the how and the what, right? Yeah, if, right. But if you don't know the why, you're dead in the water. So when they came and these people were presenting themselves, they were able to say what they did, how they did it, and then the why they want to do it was they could take their experience because they actually did it. They were able to say, I understand that I love this. And also... I, this is what I want to do, like, versus I want to try it out and figure it out. The sports answers, the understanding of what we did, the knowledge. Like, there was people then who, on their follow-up, their follow-up email thank you, sent me six prospects for FSG. <laughs> right? Like, like What's that's like, that? they wrote descriptions of why they're a good prospect, which property they should be aligned with. 
Like it was like the the delineation between the haves and the have nots. You know what's gonna be hard is number five and number six. Of like if you're only hiring five of them. Oh no, I have a problem. We have a problem right now. I have a numbers problem right now. We have because we do have more than five potential like solid candidates. Yeah, but there's there's three or four that are like slam dunk. Like yeah, they're in. no one can touch them. They are that good where like you hire those people and they're gonna be rock stars. Yeah, right. You can um, see him at CAA Octagon with on a team. Oh no, you can see him at FSM. Damn it, at <laughs> CAA or Octagon. <laughs> Screw those guys. Go to FSM. Right, no, they're right, not right, going right. anywhere. They're not going here. anywhere. You're gonna have them forever. Or if we do have to send them out, we'll, we'll figure that out. But no, they're, they're, no. So no, the program, the program itself is, is, is it's awesome. But yeah, I, I, this is, I say this in. These are the same people that we've talked about that dealt with pandemics, right? They were in college during a pandemic. They had all these same issues. They had all these same obstacles. They found a way to still come to these interviews with massive amounts of experience and an amazing story to tell that when we all, and it was like unanimous, the folks of us, like it was me, Liam, Howie, like we'd get off the call and like we knew we were all in unison, like that person needs to work here. Yep. That person in here now. So, like, if you can do that in an interview for, like, with us, like, you you could go and do anything. You can do that. I wish I was on one of those calls. I would love to have seen that. But I love the articulation of their why because I think that's where people get lost um, is, like, why the hell do you want to do this so they can articulate the why? I love that. I, I, asked, I always ask the question, why do you want to work in sports? Just yeah. to see, like, just like, I, just give, to see. Give me a crappy one. I grew up playing sports. Oh, I love sports. sports yeah, right. Blah, 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 blah. Um, no, and that's. And then I the, use. Can I say that you taught me the chef thing? It's like, yeah, I like food, but I'm not a chef. Right. I love I food. But that. Doesn't I mean I should be a chef, right? I steal that all the time. But it's 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 so. But one of the one of the really good candidates was. I, I I almost and they, they don't listen to our podcast I don't think but they literally almost took like verbatim of what I would say in that the understanding the power of the unity of this industry where you can unite folks and have the power to give back I was like okay like it was that it was, was from like, episode forty seven of this podcast yeah. that I found called Front Office Features. So one of the interviews I wasn't in they they dropped that they were a front office feature listener to to Liam oh, and Howie hired. Hired. Yeah. No, the person did get hired. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Even better. Yeah. They Even were they... That's the secret sauce of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, love your podcast. Oh, you're in. Yeah, um... you're in. You're in. No, you're but in. even forget, forget, forget actually the specific specificity about our podcast, but the fact if you can come to an interview and do something, make it personal yeah, you about me it. or somebody else, like they, there's one person which. I had to have been the biggest enigma of an interview I've ever had, which I'm not going to get fully into, but the questions that they had were so poignant about like my personally about me, Tom and Liam that I was like, how did you come up with these? Like they were so good questions that they resonated specifically to each of us. Like I got a, I got a sports betting question uh, Liam got a question about the Providence college coach leaving and going to wherever the hell he Georgetown. just went. Yep. And then, um, who's the PC guy? Ta- How is a PC guy? 
No, Liam. Liam's a PC guy. Liam's a PC and a Georgetown guy. Oh, Liam, yeah, a PC is... undergrad, Georgetown um, MBA. Yeah. Smart. Kid. So, but yeah, no, it it's going through these interviews. It gives me obviously content for this this podcast to help folks to say, listen, it is a dog eat dog world out there, and there are some really really good people. And these are not people that were given to us because, oh, I know so-and-so. Yeah, or, this hey, isn't like John Henry's nephew. Not at all. These were people who came locked, loaded, stock-barreled, fired on all cylinders with their experience, their how many, answers. How it many, was great. How many of those little cliches can you use in one sentence? I think you may have just set the record. I'm going to keep going if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it's, it's, it's something to consider – if you're still in school and you still got some time, now's the time to start loading that resume up with relevant, relevant experience. Yeah, and get your why right was what I also heard from you. Get your why right. You like, gotta have that. And like, I, I've been having. I've, it's weird. It's we you know how it goes in cycles. How we talk to kids on like networking calls. Yeah, and they many of them suck for a long time, and then they turn out to be. Then you get on these ones that are really good. Yep. Um. But my but my my biggest mantra right now for everybody and anybody listening is if, if you can't answer your own why, there's there's we can't help you, right? Like I I can't give you your why, right? I can give you the how and the what. You need to know the why of why you want to do this. Why do you want to give the sacrifices you're going to have to do? Why do you want this role? Why do you want to work in sports? If you can't answer that yourself to yourself, I'm not going to be able to give you anything else, right? It's just, that is such an important integral part of your answer and your everyday life. It'll make you more efficient in everything you do. If you can answer like, why am I sending this email? Why am I taking this? Like everything you challenge yourself on with the why as you like your North Star, it'll make you such a better person. Um, I just, can I just say, I agree. Like, even like this, like, we do this podcast. Why do we do this? Because right? we like it. We like it, right? We, but also, like, it's also help people. That's our why, right? Like, because when yep. we get the little notes that say, like, hey, that podcast really helped me, you just answered why the hell I do this, right? Like, thank you for doing that, right? Like, and it's also fun to get it with, you know, uh, obviously for us to get together too, but like there should be a why in everything, everything, everything major, everything major, right? Like you don't have to have a why you're going to Chick-fil-A today, but like you can have a why on, on, on something major. And uh, that's, I think you got to practice it too. Like, all right, and they ask this question, like have it practiced. Yes. You need to rehearse it. You need to own it. You need to, it has to flow off your tongue authentically and like, just differentiate yourself from everybody else because if you give me the I like sports, I like the Red Sox, I like the Celtics, I like Boston sports, I live in Boston, I don't like because that was the other thing. There's a million freaking other people that say the same thing. I think one of the things that uh, Barstool, uh, like Portnoy, always would say that he's so right on authenticity always wins, always, always, right? Like authenticity, transparency wins every time, every time, every time, like it's not even close. Like, I think that's just good life advice too. It's like just be auth- your who you are, your true self. Yep. And it won't like steer you wrong. No, I I uh, I couldn't agree more. And I it it this these past couple of weeks with these interviews, um, 
you just you just have a very clear delineation of folks who they're talking about it, they're being about it. Don't talk about it, be about it. Yeah. What well, a great Rob Crane line that came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, going on the t-shirt one day. I do, well, I, I do think so. Do uh, we did get first time front office features gear Yetis? I got Yetis. one. You got one. Yep. Um, I drink coffee out of every day, nearly every day. I want someone oh, yeah. to stop me on the train to say I listen to that podcast too. That would make my day. It's sitting on my desk in at work. This is yeah. my. It, it is. It is there for everyone to see. Is there? Honestly, should use it. It's a great. It's a great piece of drinkware. My issue is, I don't make coffee at home. I I buy I buy a Cumberland Farms coffee, iced coffee. I only drink iced coffee too. I don't drink hot you're, coffee. You're such. You've become. You went from a Jersey guy to a New England guy so fast. I don't. I, I don't. I. But I never drink cal- coffee. Ca- ca- caffeine. Never drink caffeine. <laughs> never, never drink caffeine until I moved here. No. I, um. No. I never had coffee until later in life. When did you start drinking coffee? Uh, when you had kids? Thirties. Uh, right before Zach. I was so, typical, like in college. I was a Red Bull guy for a while in sports. Like I'd be like, "Oh, I have a game tonight. I'm gonna crack a Red Bull in my 20s." Yeah. I realized that probably needed to stop in my 30s. Probably. I yeah. used to do. You remember the Five Hour Energies? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I, I every once in a while I'll pop one of them. Yeah. Five Hour Energies is good. Uh, I used to do those occasionally. Uh, especially working in minor league baseball. But uh, Red yeah. Bull Vodka, baby. Oof, Red Bull Vodka. Mm. I think we're gonna have a couple of those tomorrow. What? Red Bull Vodkas? <laughs> yeah, I think so. What? what? Did you go to the Celtics game? <laughs> we do. We, uh, uh, but I'm meeting the Red Bull guy. Oh, well, And we're yeah. going to go to dinner and have a couple cocktails. I assume that's what you were when you meet with the Red Bull guy. Well, it's confirmed that because they I'm don't... I'm going to let them order first. They don't love that sometimes. The They don't promote the association of it. Ah... Uh... All right, well, no. I'll, I'm going to let them order. I'm one of those guys, like, you can order whatever you want on a menu. And I'll just be like, two of those, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not very particular. Unless he orders, like, gin. Gin I don't gin. love, but, like, you know, for a, orders, big, it, for a big enough sponsorship deal, I'd do anything. I'd drink whatever you want me to. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, gin, I'm probably like, nah, sorry. Gin, gin tastes like pine trees. Gin's not great. Like, yeah, gin and it, tonic I, is not great. I feel like it's like cilantro for people. Like it's either you like gin or you don't. It's like there's yeah. no in between. I'm like a cilantro like guy. Pine. I like to have cilantro in my Mexican food. I like cilantro too. It doesn't taste like soap. For the people that have the gene that makes it taste like soap, I feel like that's gin with the pine cone thing. Yeah, gin can be like a pine tree food. I yeah, I, I don't like it. Same. I don't like it. Same. You know I, who does like it? La Camera loves the gin. I think I knew that. Big gin guy. Uh, shout out, uh, shout out to the camera for giving a lot of shout out to my colleagues today. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good FSM, uh, FSM podcast. No, you know, I have to give one more shout out to a bunch of ladies, um, the women that were in my, they were in my uh, porch one night. The women of the, the ladies of Natick. Ladies of Natick. Why is that? Why, were, why is that? They, yeah, they 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 become they become fans of the podcast. Pat's wife Jenna. Oh, um, she said they like when their names are said. So Pat, Pat, average Pat. <laughs> average Pat was one of the best nicknames I ever gave in my life. <laughs> you described him as the most average person ever. Is he tall from his nose? height. He, from his he, height. He, tall nose. He short nose. He, no, he's average Pat. <laughs> but then like he came out with the LinkedIn roulette. Well, after the next podcast, we'll have to play LinkedIn roulette. I haven't got a good one recently. 
You're just like Trump. You just throw out nicknames for people. Ah, average bat. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it sticks with him forever. He's yeah, screwed. It'll be gone. You can't it, shake it. It's go. It's, it's like you know, Sleepy Joe, Crooked Hillary, average. Yeah, bat. yeah, yeah. Average bat. That's yeah. just. He, he, I'm sure he loves that name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible name. <laughs> it's got to be one. What he called? He, then he reached out and he called. Uh, he called you something. Something are. Uh, uh, damn it. Something Rob. Yep, something Rob. Uh, run of the mill Rob. Run of the mill Rob. Yep. Run of the mill, Rob. Yep. 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 Well, it's a good second effort, but average patch just flows better. Just flows right off the tongue. Yeah. Um. All right. I am tired. I am exhausted. All right. Um. I think it's time to wrap up this pod, but it was good to talk to you. Uh, good to do a pod. Uh, happy opening day week next week. Uh, look for you're gonna take pictures and put them on our front office features uh, Instagram or whatever. I will. Wonderful. We'll send them to our good friend Cody at Babson. He can help us. Go Babson. Go Babson. Um, all right, man. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Later. See you later. Adios. Later.